Welcome, everyone, to the Retro Pool Guy podcast. I'm your host, the Retro Pool Guy. And as always, I'm joined with my co-host and producer, the Drunken Beard, but I just call him Nick. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing great, man. It is Halloween, my favorite holiday. Oh, yeah. I'm super stoked. Uh, we got an awesome guest. We got an awesome game. Perfect for today's holiday. So first, let's introduce our special guest. He is the host of the P4 podcast, Evan Nixon. How are you doing, Evan? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is the the first podcast I've ever done. I've had a few people ask me, and it just never fell through. But um, you know, I used to stream uh, a lot more often back then on Twitter. And uh, you were always uh, you always chimed in and, and talked to me for a long time and some good times. And I'm glad that it's kind of fallen full circle here. Now I'm on your show. So yes, I'm, dude, I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to have you on, man. Uh, so let's talk about you for a minute, my man. Let's start with what got you into gaming? Where did it all begin for you? Yeah, you know, it all I have. I really owe it to my own brother because uh he was the one that asked for the systems for Christmas and his birthdays and all those things. You know, he's eight years older than me. And so we started off with the NES and, you know, we played the, the really typical stuff. My brother was a Final Fantasy guy, but he had the uh, the Marios and all the typical stuff. And it evolved into the Super Nintendo. And then after that, we had to make a decision, you know, are we going to go with the N64 or the PlayStation? My brother, loved, again, loves Final Fantasy. So... We got a PS1, and that's where it really kind of changed for me. Like, to this day, the, the PS1 is probably the... I mean, I'm not going to say probably, but it, it it is my favorite console of all time. And uh, that was really where it got really serious for me. And um, that was where I started to really get a love for gaming. And, you know, as years have progressed, you know, I've, I've gone off and on, like, through gaming. You know, we, you get really busy with life, and... In college and such but as of late you know within the last few years i've gotten really into racing games and it's become something that i just um i don't know i just it, i didn't like it so much growing up but now it's become this like new <laughs> like lifestyle for me where i just i just adore racing games i love trying new ones out uh i love discovering new stuff and and learning about them and seeing how they've evolved throughout the years and it's just a lot of fun and i love sharing that with everybody so is it safe to say that racing games are your favorite genre of gaming i would say so yeah because i'm typically playing those most of the time but growing up i was like a huge crash bandicoot fan i still am i still play them all the time so i do i do my fair share of platforming games as well but i'd say like 80 percent of the time i'm playing a racing game nowadays anyways it's just totally changed me so um you know uh i just you know i love to go and 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 on Twitter and hear out what people's opinions are about games. I'll pick them up. And the great thing about some of these older racing games is that they're so cheap that you could just, you know, really indulge yourself and buy a stack of them and then, you know, say, oh, this game's great. This game's not. You can get rid of that one. And um, you can't do that with today's games because they're so expensive. I mean, they're like 70 to 80 bucks a piece or maybe a little less than that, but they're still a lot of money. You can't just, you know, pick and pull like that. You can, but now with the older stuff, which I like more anyways, um, you know, there's more flexibility with that. So, what was uh, your first racing game that you played? Do you remember? Was it on the yeah, NES? You know, it's funny you said that. It was it was Mario Kart, Super Mario Kart, on the Super Nintendo. Oh, classic. My, 
my brother, <laughs> my brother just borrowed it from some kid back in the day and didn't even give it back. And we just, we still have the same copy. I still have it. It's just, you know, playing there. You think, the you think that kid's still looking for it? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I should ask my brother. I'm going to ask my brother a bunch of questions one day when I go and see him. I'm going to say, you remember that? You know, like who, whose game was that? You know, I probably have a feeling he's probably going to say, oh, that I didn't like that kid very much. That's why I didn't give it back. Or it might have been a thing where he borrowed a game, too, and then never gave that back. So we just kept this one. But it would be fun to talk to him and get like the full story. It's just like like so many weird things with my brother, um, you know, growing up, because, of course, I'm eight years younger than him. But he had like a a game genie back in the day that he got <laughs> to school and he was really hungry and he traded it for a bag of corn nuts. Wow. And, game genie for a bag yeah, of corn nuts? Yeah. And he was just like, I was so hungry. I had no choice. That's what he told me. There were the chili picante ones, which are like the best ones. But I was like, man, that was a stupid thing you did. But man, you know. It's just this stuff like that that we talk about when I see him. It's just hilarious. But I, I want to document him somehow. Maybe I'll, I'll uh, do do something where I talk about just stories from my brothers in my childhood. You know, makes me want to start carrying around a bag of corn nuts just yeah. in case. You know, you never know you when never someone know. Wants, to, <laughs> wants to give you their games for them. You never ever know. So, racing games are definitely your favorite. Then. Mm -hmm. uh, you said PS1 is what really got you into gaming. So right. what, what racing game on PS1 really solidified you as a gamer? Well, the first, the first 3D racing game I ever played on the PlayStation uh, was Need for Speed 2. And mm. I, you know, it doesn't hold up very well anymore, but back then it was pretty re rev like revolutionary for the time. And the music was great. Yeah, and um, so... You know, it wasn't until a little bit later when I started to really develop a liking for racing games, but the game that really, really uh, left a huge impression on me was Ridge Racer Type 4. And um, I didn't actually play that until the end of 2003. Uh, I bought a, a copy of it on eBay. And I just, you know, it's the closest thing that I've ever been to falling in love with something that wasn't a living object. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, but that's the way I feel about it. I've never felt that way <clears throat> about anything other than that game. I've come close to a couple of like other games that are, you know, that I, I really adored in the, in, you know, but that one really kind of opened my eyes to the genre. And that was when I started to, uh, check out all the games from that series, which would be Ridge Racer. And then, you know, you go on to Need for Speed and then you go on to Wipeout and uh burnout and all these other great ones that are out there and um yeah that was that was it for me it's ridge racer type four fantastic i actually haven't played that one much myself uh until recently after watching you play it on twitter then i mm -hmm. had to go check it out i i didn't realize it was on the uh the playstation mini so yeah, it is. Actually my first experience with the game was actually just a few months ago, and it's a pretty impressive game. I can see why it got you hooked. Um, yeah. Do you have, this is a tough question, do you have a top three racing games? Like, how would you list your top three? Wow. You any system, any, any genre, or any uh, era? 
Yeah, well, let's see. Well, Ridge Razor Type 4 is definitely up there. Man, that's a really great question. I feel like I've asked myself this question, too. Uh, let me think here. You know what? I love I love the, the uh, 1994 Road Rash that came out. Well, it's actually... Mm. The, it's it's hard to explain because it's not the first Road Rash, but it's the 32-bit Road Rash that came out on the PlayStation and the 3DO and the Sega Saturn. That one is fantastic. I love that game. So the first Road Rash, and let's see, what would I put as a third, third spot? You can put Mario Kart in there. That is a fantastic <laughs> racing game. I, do, I don't I care do, what anybody do, else I, says. Mario Kart is a great racing game. I do really? like Mario Kart, but she's you know a fan of any of the Burnout series. You know, I just bought Burnout Revenge for the 360, but I haven't played it. I'm waiting for it in the mail. I've only played Burnout 2 at this moment. And I know people mm. are like, what? You got to play 3. You know? yeah, I, I'm three, waiting three for them in the solid. mail. I just bought them. But you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to say um, Need for Speed Most Wanted on the 360. Mm. That's a fantastic game. I, it blew me away. I just recently played it like four months ago, and I was like, that is like one of the greatest games I've ever played. And there's a reason why, you know, if you go on the forums or even on Twitter and you look in the comments whenever the Need for Speed page posts anything, there's a reason why people always bring up Most Wanted, you know, because they just want it. They they love, you know, the formula of that. And they did it so well. It's like, yeah. it's, it's I haven't played all the Need for Speeds, you know, I'm far from it, but that is by far the best one I've ever played. Excellent, excellent. Yeah. Are there any other genres of games that you really enjoy, or do you just mostly stick to, to racing games now? Well, I like I like uh, platforming. Like I said, I'm I'm a pretty big Crash Bandicoot fan. Unfortunately, I haven't played the new one because I I don't have any modern consoles. Like the newest console I have is literally the, the uh, PS3. But um, I I have like pretty much all the Crash Bandicoots and I think I've probably beaten most of them too as well. But um, yeah, I I've always loved Crash Bandicoot. Um, you know, the Mario's are great as well. I mean, who doesn't like Mario? Uh, I do my fair share of puzzle games too. I love Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo on the PlayStation. Oh, I play yeah. that all the time. It's a great game. And that's available on other stuff too, but for the longest it wasn't. Um, I do like Tetris. <laughs> I'm not great at yeah. it, but I like Tetris. Uh, Sega Swirl is another uh, really fun uh, puzzle game that I enjoy. So I do I do dabble into into puzzle games as well. So that's pretty much you know mostly I'd say like racing, platforming, and and puzzle games here and there. I'd say for the most part. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Uh, not so good myself at the puzzle games. Uh, kind of bad at those, but the racing yeah. and the platforms, I could totally get behind you, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they all take practice. You know, I can't say that I'm particularly really good at any of these games as well. I, I always love to throw that disclaimer out when I do it to like a, a stream, you know, like I, I suck at this game, by the way, you know, don't uh, don't judge me too hard. You know, that always hum yeah, keeps it keeps your, you know, keeps you humble. So, you know, there's no not a whole lot of room to uh, <laughs> kind of make fun of you. Eric over right. here. I'm not not good at puzzle games yet. He keeps suggesting these uh, find and seek games every <laughs> every episode. Well, these aren't really <laughs> puzzle games. It's more of a where the hell do I go game, right? <laughs> exactly. No way. At the end of the show, game. I got something completely different because yeah, I, <laughs> I thought about that, Nick. We've we've done two of these in a row. Last last month it was Jurassic Park. Is totally a where the hell do I go game, right. and then 
yeah, this this month's Ghoul School, which is absolutely another where the hell do I go game. But don't worry, at the end of the show, we got I got something special. It's different. We're going a different direction next month. Mm-hmm. Y'all gonna love it. But that'll come later. All right. For now, let's go ahead and jump into Ghoul School, shall we? Do it. All right. So Ghoul School released on the NES in 1992, uh, produced by Electrobrain. And uh, the developer was Scott Marshall and Gary Kitchen. Not so much Gary Kitchen, but mostly Scott Marshall. And I'll get into that in just a minute. Uh, this is a, a platformer game. Uh, the best, it's described as a survival horror game. But to me, it kind of felt more like Metroid. And I don't know if Metroid falls into that category of survival horror i don't really think it does but i i guess i can kind of see where they were trying to say that with with uh you know it being called ghoul school and supposed to be monsters and stuff like that but uh so the premise behind this game is you play as spike who's a high school student and he finds a skull uh we'll call it a magic skull Okay, so you play as Spike O'Hare, a senior from Cool School High. And one day he was walking home from school. The date was Wednesday, October 29th, 1991. I'm reading directly from the manual here, friends. And as he was accustomed to, Spike cut across the local cemetery, which provided a shortcut home. And as he entered, a gleam caught his eye. Spike walked over for a closer look, and when he found the source, was astonished that sat at the base of grave a skull spike stooped down unearthed the skull discovered it was engulfed in a psychedelic glow a storm front suddenly blew in and spike was caught in it he decided to bring the rare skull to autonomy class the next day he scooped it up put it in his backpack and headed home the next day halloween eve spike showed the skull to his teacher dr ernest femur The doctor was so impressed he asked to keep the skull for a special study. Spike agreed, but he was worried because the skull was twice as big as it was the day before, and it glowed more than ever. He thought the skull was laughing at him as the doctor placed it on the pedestal outside the storm raged on. The entire episode disturbed him, but he shrugged his shoulders and went with the doctor and left the room. Once alone, the skull transmitted a message to the realm of the dead. The ghouls had begun their assault. So, Spike awakes Halloween morning. To terrible news, his dream girl, Samantha, had been kidnapped, and she was last seen with a lumbering hulk in the vicinity of the school. She was being held there. Spike would go to rescue her. By now, the school was enveloped by a glow Spike watched football player after football player enter the school to attempt to rescue, but none ever returned. Reports rolled in about a haunted school. Spike watched the city's most popular exterminators pull out the massive equipment and enter the school with it. They were the Spirit Ritter's task force. (laughs) They too, along with their equipment, never returned. If, If even the Spirit Ritters were not to return, then who would? Where was all of their ridding equipment? So, this manual 
uh, they did a fantastic job with this manual. I, I almost feel like they put more time into the manual than they did the actual game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, because they they did some really great pictures here. These uh, the ghost ridders people, the spirit ridders, they look just like the Ghostbusters, uh, and and it does a good job of explaining where like the weapons come from. You know, because if you just plug the game in without reading the manual, you see all these weird weapons everywhere. You, you know, this, this they did a good job with this. Okay, so they're establishing the that these guys dropped them then, right? So that's where. Yes. Oh, yes, okay. exactly. I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. So that's good to know. That that makes a little bit more sense then. Yeah, because you know ghosts are very scared of towels. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Oh, the towel weapon. Yeah. Okay. So I found it's called Ghoul School, right? And it's the realm of the undead where all these things are coming from. So my question here was why then do some of these bad guys look like aliens? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I actually found out why I was doing some research on the game and I, I found an interview with Scott Marshall and he was talking about this game and he said that like with most games at the time, uh, they just ran out of time trying to make this game. So he had to go to the publishers for a little bit of help to fill in some of those creatures so that's why you see the big eyeball guys and stuff. He what Scott Marshall wanted was to have like dead football players. Like, you know, as the manual explains, uh these people were going in, they didn't come out. So he wanted them to be like zombies, but instead they completely ignored him and mm. they just dropped in these like alien creatures. So you get a mix of aliens and a mix of ghoul schools or like halloween type monsters in this game you can clearly tell which ones were his ideas and which ones were just plugged in after reading that and and knowing this mm -hmm. it's pretty obvious now <laughs> yeah it's a shame because this game i feel like it really could have been something special but uh it just kind of falls short in a few areas so let's talk about the gameplay. Uh, we all took a stab at this one. Uh, Evan, give us your thoughts on how this game plays out. Well, initially, when I first played this, um, I got some serious, serious uh, Bart versus the Space Mutant vibes <laughs> with this game the first time I oh, ever played it. Yeah. And, you know, the sound effects are really similar. And it's like, from what I remember, that game, when you jump up, you lose momentum when you, I mean, you can, it's like hard to explain. You, you can jump up, but you can't maneuver your body while, while you jump. You can change direction, but you just lose it. Like you, you, you lose speed and you can't, it's not like Mario when you run and you can kind of skid around and everything like that. So it's, it's, it's a particularly difficult game to like platform, but um, the gameplay itself, right from the get go, you're put into this, uh, this this you're you don't know what to do and you're given this you're given a bat but he doesn't swing the bat in full motion he only uses <laughs> one hand <laughs> and so you're at first i thought it was just like a metal pipe but it does say bat at the top right hand corner and you know you're going around and you're hitting these guys and it takes like a lot of hits and you know you you, you find yourself in a in a headspace where you're just gonna 
explore and figure out, you know, you know, try to understand what's going on here. And the thing that I thought was really cool was that you can hide inside of the, uh, the lockers. I thought that was really a little like creative. I don't I remember a game where you can do something like that. And, you know, unfortunately when you hide in there, you know, of course the, the enemies can't hurt you, but they know you're in the locker. So they just stand there in front of it anyways, and they hurt you. Yeah. When you out. So it's completely pointless, you know, like they have, this game is filled with really funny and creative ideas that just weren't executed well. And it reminds me a lot of the, have you guys have seen the movie, The Faculty? Any chance? Oh, yeah. It, it, this this game could have been more like that movie, you know. They could have been, you know, the, the enemies needed to be, you know, more uh, diverse as well, like you said before. But um, you know, it would have been so cool to like to go out into the football field, you know, to to visit different rooms and to have a different color palette and and or a more you know a different color palette through through different rooms and to to explore different parts. But it looks like they just you know, like you said, they ran out of room and or ran out of at a time and i don't know how much time they had you know did they have five months eight months you know but yeah. it's really unfortunate man because the concept is really fun i love the idea of being in high school when it's not you know the particular time to be at school like at nighttime it's particularly scary and i actually have like kind of a funny story i i actually spent the night at my high school one time and uh the reason I did that was because when I played football, we had a traditional uh, day that they did this every year with the with the varsity team, where we had a party at the the in the uh, basketball court or the uh, the basketball gym. And what they would do is they would order fifty pizzas, and everybody got their own pizza. And we would just basically mess around the whole all night, and then. The idea was the next morning we would have a walkthrough practice where we basically just talk about the plays and, you know, there's no pads or anything. And then we would go home because it was a Saturday, but it was just like a traditional thing we did. But this particular time was the last year that they did it because it got like really rowdy and the, the players, you know, some of the guys just didn't get along with each other and putting them all in a room, <laughs> you know, at night is like a terrible thing to do, you know, just because, you know, they're not going to. They're not going to be all those egos. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it was a terrible idea, but you know it was fun at the time. But a lot of the kids um, kind of escaped the the gym and started walking around campus and smoking weed and stuff, and it just turned really nasty really quick. And I've never heard a human being that wasn't their own parents yell at somebody that hard. Our coach was pissed. And uh, he was just like, we're never doing this again. This is the last year we're doing it. So at two in the morning, he tells everybody to to go home, which is weird because like we don't live in the, the nicest area. I mean, it's I mean, I'm not going to say it's ghetto, but it's not that I mean, it's not good enough to just send people home. You know, we didn't drive yet. You know, we didn't have cars and stuff. So. Um, but, you know, people ended up leaving and I'm about to leave the gym and the coach says, he says, like, you don't have to leave. I know you had nothing to do with this. So the coach knew that I was like not in, you know, I wasn't doing any of that stuff. So he actually let me stay the night at the school. So I was like me and like four other kids were allowed to stay. But back to my original point is um, I actually walked around too um, before, you know, it got really dark. But I was able to see firsthand how creepy a high school is, you know, at nighttime because our school is like particularly just old like it's 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 not modernized at all and 
in fact, it's probably falling apart. My high school is, is just abysmal. And uh, it is something really, there's something really creepy about a, a high school at nighttime. And I think that um, it, this game kind of tries to pick up on that, but it could have did a better job. But um, I like that. I like that concept a lot. Didn't see any uh, ghouls or giant well, one eyes. You know what? I think around. the coaches were definitely, definitely ghouls. So <laughs> absolutely, they're absolutely, there's no doubt about it. Like my coaches w were um, definitely some kind of supernatural. I believe it. We all <laughs> feel that way, right? When we were kids with our right. teachers. The teachers too, yeah. All right, Nick, how did you feel about the gameplay, man? Let, let us have it. Uh, well, I, I do want to make one uh, comment of uh, going back to how uh, the game kind of reminded you of uh, Simpsons, Bart, uh, Simpsons Bart versus uh, Space Mutants. Actually, uh, uh, Gary Kitchen worked on both of them uh, as as a designer so that, and a uh, programmer. So that's probably where a lot of that feeling comes from. Uh, yeah. So that's actually pretty uh interesting but yeah i wonder I, if he was uh if he's the reason for all the cryptic stuff in those games <laughs> you know those were his ideas but it could I, be. I mean they're yeah unique. <laughs> but anyways yeah, i was uh i was just uh making some dots there uh on those um but yeah overall the again it's just one of those where you're you just feel lost all the time uh the monsters take way too many hits you just yeah. feel like you're just being whittled away slowly um and oh man i cannot stand those stairs and being knocked down to another level every freaking time so annoying uh, absolutely right oh my and uh like it just the game is so big too like impressively so but also it's so plain at the same time right. uh so you don't really quite know where you're going um and of course you get your wet noodle at the beginning that's really hard to kill anything with uh <laughs> the 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 sneak sneak sneakers are are were, were an, a nice thing to get at least when you when you get it uh so you can uh, you know hide and not be murdered but they still follow you so what's the point right um the ai is like uh very poorly it, i i don't even want to say ai basically it's like monster go to you know you no matter like what yeah like and they're magnet, just like right? stuck on you like there's no um programming if they lose some sort of line of sight or anything they literally just always go to you yep. um, it, it only gets worse as you progress through the game I'll, yeah i'll tell you more about that um so like i i got i think i got okay far in uh you know i got the spring shoes and uh owl and I, I didn't beat it, obviously, because it's so convoluted. But I did uh, before um, uh, starting this all up, um, watch uh, what, what's his name? Um, a speedrunner, um, Mr. Cowboy, um, Ar Arcanist. Oh, yeah. right? I watched that, too. Yeah, yeah. Game uh, like five minutes or something. Yeah, yeah five minutes or something like, man. <laughs> five minutes? It, yeah, he, five minutes and like 18 seconds or 17 seconds this game it, took it, me weeks to beat <laughs> yeah no yeah. you watch it and be very sad on how how fast uh you can actually beat the game um but uh yeah so like i watch that i'm like oh man i should have just did what he did so i wouldn't have a suffer uh but 
Yeah, because again, if no one really knows, we try to go in blind on these things other than just like the instruction manual or maybe a, a magazine uh, walkthrough or something. But we, we don't use, you know, FAQs or anything uh, mm. generally. Um, so they it's just as frustrating as it was in 92. Um, and I just, you know, I put in as much time as I would have on any rental and uh it went back to the store that's for sure uh so, that's... <laughs> so for me with the gameplay on this one i was actually able to beat this game with no guides mm. no help just looking at the manual and i was able to figure this one out now we, to go back we all to know you like hurting yourself so it's i love it fine. i love torture it's great uh <laughs> So going back to what you guys said about how everything kind of looks the same, uh, yes, that is so true in the beginning of the game. But they, as you progress, you do go into some different rooms. Like uh, you go into the cafeteria. Uh, you can actually make your way into the principal's office. And each one of those rooms has a different boss in it. So in the uh, principal's office, you fight a Grim Reaper. Uh, in the cafeteria, you fight uh, one of those pink eyeball guys, but he's wearing a chef hat. Right. So, and there's a little yeah. guy, too, with the hat on, too. I thought that yeah, was Yeah, there's cool. a little guy with the hat, too. And that's actually where you get the sandwich weapon, which was my favorite weapon of the game. <laughs> You're just yeah. tossing sloppy joes. Like, and it reminded me of the Adam Sandler movie, you know? Right. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, but once you get kind of figure that out you can you get the the spinal zap weapon which can open up the elevator for you which makes it a bit easier to get around but this game is just so cryptic like when you're in the elevator it shows four floors okay so you think you can only go to the fourth floor but if you hold up that it kind of vibrates the screen a little bit and if you keep holding it it busts through to the roof and the roof is actually what I called the beginning of the end of the game. So you have to go through the whole school and then get to the roof. And then you drop down from there into like the basement, which I know that sounds weird going from the roof to the basement, but that's how you get there. And then you, you find your way to the final boss after that. But it it's so difficult because like you said, everything looks the same. So when you get to the to the basement part, again, everything looks it's different, but it still all looks the same. So you spend a lot of time kind of wandering around trying to figure out where to go. And there's another part uh, right before you get the last weapon, the gamma gun. Uh, there's this area and it's just like it's basically like, how can I describe it? It's uh. You're in the ducts of oh, the it's, building. It's the air ducts, right? The, the yeah, air you're ducts. in the air ducts. So right. it's like split in half. You see like a top part and you're on the bottom part. And then there's just random doors. And you have to go through the doors to get to the different part. But they totally just like there's doors that just kill you. Like you go through a door and it just drops you in a pit. So <laughs> hopefully that wasn't. Yeah. If I that was your that last far, life. Yeah game over you're starting over again so which i have to this game doesn't have a password feature again like jurassic park mm -hmm. no passwords no saves mm -hmm. so but when you do get a game over 
it takes you all the way back to like you just threw in the cartridge like it takes you right back to the title screen but if you press start it takes you back to the the entrance of the school and you get to keep all your items so kudos to them for that for not completely screwing you over you know and since it's like a maze it's it's still a little inexcusable for a, a game in 92 not to have either of like a battery safe state or at least a password safe some sort of password, right? I mean, we we've had Zelda came out in the '80s, and you could save your game on that. Why couldn't Super we save Nintendo game was already released when this game was out? When when this was released? Yeah, it's such a late NES release too. I I forgot yeah. about that. '92 is like right towards the end there. I mean, the Super Nintendo was out for Christ's sakes. I mean, '91, yeah, this is yeah. And this so, is a good time to segue into the graphics now that you guys are bringing up <clears> 1992 and when this game came out. Right. Because, yeah, it came out in 92, right? But mm-hmm. don't the graphics feel like it came out in 86? Yeah. It, yeah. In right? some parts. Some some parts, like, there are really good textures. But I think that since they were, they had to use so, since there's, like, a, it's a really long school, you know, like, there's different floors and it's really big. I think they just reused a lot of textures and their space assets went to that. Mm-hmm. And, and then they, like, had, you know, some high fidelity um like sprite work but you know other than that it was very plain over and over again like they i really wish they they spend a little bit more time but i i most likely i think the limitation on that was just because of the size of it and then they budgeted their chips so they didn't have like the storage say like for um super mario brothers 3 you know they had a lot of uh storage so I think it's it was a budget kind of release for '92. Definitely, Evan. What are your thoughts on the graphics with this game? You know, they're just so. It, this is a a very good example of a game's graphics that are just okay. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, right? This I can't. I can't. I wish I could. I could say better about it, but it's just it's so limited to just a bunch of tiles. You know, in 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 the walls and. You know, there's the the classrooms, and and you know those have some little fun things going on too. They got uh, some portraits um, hanging on the walls, and and it gets kind of kind of funny because eventually um, the portraits will change to like some of the monsters. Then they're just like you know staring at you. Um, but you know, there's just you know, I just they must have really been like had not a whole lot of time on this because I'm not really impressed by at all with with the visuals here. I, I just I wish it was better. Um, I wanted to talk about something on the gameplay too. Um, I don't know if this this falls in line with what happened with you guys, but beginning of the game, if you go to the left, there's a Medusa head and it's just like floating around on like a pile of something. I don't know what that what those are, like are, are. And so what I was doing, I was convinced that there was a weapon that could dismantle that medusa because it's a one-hit kill you get you get touched and i think you just die instantly or very much yeah yeah. and so i'm thinking to myself like i gotta find the weapon to to kill that and i don't think there's anything in the game that kills it so i wasted so much time just trying to get past that part because i was convinced that was like the next area you know what i mean like you gotta find the weapon somewhere and I'm like throwing sandwiches at this thing's head and nothing's happening. I'm like, oh my God, like, what is it that I need to do? And I don't think that's there for any other reason other than the mess with you. 
And that sucks, you know, because why? Why why did they need to even do that? They should have just opened up that area to something more creative. And it's like it's almost like they were like, "Well, we don't uh we don't want them to go left because there's nothing, we don't have time. So let's just put a mindless like stupid thing here just to mess with them you know it's just it sucks but <laughs> that's what happened with me anyways when i played yeah and and you're right because i once i got all the weapons i tried that because you know i died a lot in this game <laughs> and when you die they put you right back at the beginning so i'm yeah. like hey i got all the weapons certainly i can kill this thing now <laughs> no nope nope Nope. You got game over. Sorry, bud. Walk all the way back around. Hope you remember how to get there. Did any of you guys try to leave the skull from the front door? (laughs) Try to just leave? No, I didn't. I I should have tried. I was like, maybe I can go in the front of the school and like explore like the front area. This is what I'm talking about. Like, I was like convinced that you could like do so much more. Like, you can go through the front door because you obviously got in, right? With the doors just locked all of a sudden. But, uh, it would have been so cool to explore more. Like, what if you could have went out in front of the school or, like, to the football field or, you know, the the tennis courts or something, you know? Like, and maybe they had that in mind, but how cool would it have been to go to the football field and just saw a bunch of, like, like zombie football players just running around, kind of like in Zombies Ate My Neighbors. If you remember that that one uh, level yeah. where, yeah, all oh, the football yeah. players were running around? That, that could have been so cool, you know? But they just, they just didn't do it. They didn't, I guess, they didn't, like you said, they didn't have time, but... That's the frustrating thing about this game. Like everywhere I turn, I'm thinking about like what they could have did. Like, and it just they just skipped out on everything, basically. Anything interesting. Yeah, there's a lot of potential with this game and a lot of missed opportunities, unfortunately. Yeah. And uh one thing to to go into the um there's the classrooms you walk into. And um for the most part, they're all pretty similar, which you know is fair because a lot of like classrooms are kind of the same looking, especially back then. But one thing that I was I, I couldn't help but think about is like there's these apples, right? And apples give you health, and most of I think all of the classrooms have at least one apple, and that's basically like your health. And there's different colored ones, right? There's one that's gold, I think, that gives you like full health, and there's like a green apple and a red apple, I think. And I was thinking to myself, like, what is the like what is up with that? Like the whole Apple and it, the whole thing with Apple and teachers, you know? Like, do you guys know? Is that like so old school? Like that we just don't get it? Like, what's the deal with apples and in, in classrooms and teachers? That you know, probably something about bringing teachers apples. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know where that came from. Maybe <laughs> but... it's so weird to me. It's like, would you just bring? Would you could you imagine now bringing a teacher an apple? They'd be like, uh, okay. Thanks. It's just weird. I don't know. I I just I want to know, like, is that supposed to be like a thing you do to the teacher after a bad day where they were mad at you, and it's supposed to like make them not hate you as as much or something? It's just so I know weird. it's Halloween, but it reminds me of that movie, A Christmas Story, when all the okay. kids are coming into the classroom and they're just oh, setting right. apples after apple on her desk. Right. <laughs> Whatever. It's so. <laughs> Like, I don't know, it just, it just sounds, it's just such a random thing to me, you know, but eh, whatever. It's, that definitely isn't a thing anymore. I mean, if you put that in a game now, I think people would feel the same way. They're like, what's the deal with apples? Like, why why do they have a correlation with teachers and stuff? But, yeah. All right, Seinfeld. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Any more comments on the graphics, Nick? Uh, I mean, again, it's pretty basic. So, I mean, overall, again, they did a good job on some some of it, and then most of it is just, eh, it's a game. Yeah. Yeah. For it being released in 1992, I, I really think we should have got a little something better. Like I said uh, earlier, it, it feels like it was a game that was released in 1986 when everybody was just first discovering what, you know, NES could do. Because uh, mm-hmm. if you look at the games at the same time, I mean, they just kind of blow it away when it comes to graphics. Well, you got to remember the NES came out in 83. So, like, yeah, <laughs> like, well, that's Metroid was, you know, way more. I, I, I would say I won't say more graphically advanced, but at least I had more features, including battery saves and uh, uh, a lot more. They, they did a much better job at distinguishing areas and stuff. Uh, if we want to keep in that same vein of, you know, Metroid. And and then look at Castlevania. Uh, Castlevania 2, for instance, way better graphic-wise and probably about as big of a game. Yeah, it, there's a couple things, too, that I thought were a little bit odd. Was There's some some enemies, like, there's the game suffers from uh, repeating the same enemies over and over again. Like, mm. there's a lot and there's those eyeball those those pink eyeball guys which are cool looking but there's too many of them but then there's a couple of enemies that are only in the game one time did you catch that there's like a yep there's a like an alien guy he's like he's like an alien with a huge head and he's only in the game for like one little part yeah i saw two of those in the whole game oh really two and they were in the they were in the basement so it was actually really really late in the game when when i found those guys yeah yeah it's like real way towards the like the end of the game and there's also like a funny thing that i noticed did you catch the rotting corpse that was underneath that bench yeah don't touch it yeah before instant death it's like so weird like i mean not that a, not that a like a body would like a, a corpse would like help you in any way but i didn't expect it to just kill me like that you know but that's kind of like a like kind of a dark thing to just see out of nowhere you know the game is kind of lighthearted and in, in such but all of a sudden there's like a literally dead body i mean who was that you know was that do you think that was one of the guys um what was the name of those guys those Gus, ghostbuster guys you were talking about yeah, earlier yeah the uh the how what were they called the spirit ripper guys <laughs> uh, do you think that was one of them or i don't know that would explain something i mean it was just kind of odd just to see a corpse there and just yeah. so just out of place it's yeah like, oh yeah so i'm thinking to myself like it probably i mean if they really wanted to to you know to be consistent they could have added like three more of those was there four was there still four of the of those ghostbusters guys was there did it say how many there were well on the manual they drew they drew some really nice pictures of those guys and there's actually just three and yeah they they literally look like the ghostbusters like yeah y'all get a chance go ahead and look up that manual uh i did post some pictures of it on twitter so if anybody wants to go look you can check that out there too yeah it would have been a little bit it would have made a little bit more sense if those guys were basically dead and then right next to the to to their corpse or whatever would be the the weapon that they had you know that that they that's where you would pick it up but in the game they just put it in these like kind of random places right so it doesn't really 
follow the story that well. Like it would have been fun to explore, like maybe you save those guys, you know, maybe, maybe those guys are injured or something and you, and you somehow save them. Uh, again, an, another thing that they avoided, uh, you know, unfortunately, but that would have been fun. Yeah, there's just so many missed opportunities with this game. Yeah. This this game really, if they just had a little more time, and you know, if if maybe if he didn't have to reach out to the uh, the producers to you know plug in those pink eyeball guys, and he could have went with his original ideas, like he said in the interview of of having like you know dead football player monsters and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it would have made a lot more sense because there's too much alien stuff in the game like i don't know why they chose to plug that in instead of giving him you know ghouls zombies right you know. but, I, uh, I i think it's probably just lack of uh it was probably some sort of passion project and maybe it was only one or two people i think it's three people worked on this entire thing so um wow that explains I, a lot yeah, I, I think it's just a manpower challenge. Yeah, that's just a pure thing where like people, I mean, three people could barely, just the coding itself is, is it takes like 10 people to do that. Yeah, I mean, the guy doing the artwork, I mean, it, this totally looks like a game that was made by a very like limited amount of people. That's exactly what I was thinking too, because hmm. it's just, if you had a full team, like let's, let's be real, like if um, Konami made a game with this concept, it would be so much better than this. It would be, way more refined it would be more creative more colorful the music would be better um it's just you know they did i mean i guess they did good if there was really three people that worked on this or you know uh, uh, close to that yeah scott marshall is actually the one who uh produced all the music so the game i feel like after reading his interview and what he had to say this was really his his baby like he was trying to get this thing off the ground he talks about in his interview how he wanted like to do a big ip thing you know maybe get a cartoon and like toys going but mm. it just it the game didn't really sell all that great so and all they that didn't review through. that great either so <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah so scott marshall did a lot here with it and like i said he did the music so how do you guys feel about that music pretty uh pretty banging huh (laughs) it's about as average as it's about as average as uh i said about the graphics you know it's just okay (laughs) yeah it's it's the music is not all that great uh they do go ahead nick go ahead as i said many times the music's serviceable um for yeah (laughs) it's it's unrememberable but it, it wasn't terrible though I didn't want to turn it off. No, it wasn't annoying or anything like that. No, not annoying, but just, I don't know. I I played it so much that it kind of started getting a little obnoxious (laughs) in some of the same areas. When you die repeatedly on the last boss and you have to go all the way back to the beginning and walk (laughs) back to the final boss, that music gets a, a bit annoying. But for anybody who, uh, has been listening to this show, uh, you remember our Gyrus episode. Now, that had some banging music, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, when you get to the final area just before the final boss, it's the same music from Gyrus. 
Oh wow! Really? Yeah, they they threw that in there, and I, I was pretty impressed with that, and also relieved that I didn't have to listen to the same beeping noises over and over again. <laughs> uh, was, yeah, so music not so great until you get to the end. It almost felt like they they did the game like from worked it from the end to the beginning. You know what I mean? Like all the good stuff is at the end of the game, mm-hmm. yeah. and you know. It's all backloaded. The beginning of the game is just kind of mundane. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, in, in the uh, in the air duct, um, there's some kind of funny things in there too. Um, did you catch that skull? There's like a skull in this, like it's it's like a it's like peeking at you, kind of. Yeah, with the creepy eyeballs. Yeah. And I'm like I, trying to avoid that. I'm thinking I'm going to die if I touch that. And I'm thinking it's an enemy, but apparently it's like just a picture on the wall of it. Yeah, I, I spent a few minutes there trying to hit it with weapons and stuff just to see if it would do anything. Because there is yeah. other parts in the game where there is stuff on the wall like that. Right. And you, you know, like the scoreboard in the, the gym with the bouncing right. basketballs. If you smack that with a towel, all the basketballs go away. <laughs> right exactly mm-hmm. you know and if you hit the bell in the i think it's in the principal's office all those uh those green basketball players that uh they're basically like a one-touch kill they all disappear after you hit the oh, i'm sorry i think it's a clock there's a mm-hmm. clock yeah it is a clock. smash yeah and so yeah i spent a little time on that skull with the eyeballs and just for nothing i eventually just gave up and moved on yeah, it's just again, it's it's one of those things. It's all that's there for is just to mess with you. And I'm just like, man, like it would have been cool just to, like to. It, I mean, just to have it as a proper enemy, it could have it could have been like something that was going to grab you, or I mean, it could have came out of that hole and then like actually like came at you or something. And then you go a little bit further. I think it's when you get out of the air duct is the actual. There's a, a giant skull that. Isn't isn't that the one that started the whole mess to begin yep. with? Remember that, that? That's yep. what I believed it is. Is the yeah. skull that that he finds? You know that they explain in the manual, right? Yeah, and you then take so that you're out. like, oh, this is the final boss, and then you kill it in like a few seconds, right? Don't you use the um? There's that Grim Reaper, uh, Grim Reaper sickle um, thing, right? And I think that yeah. kills it. Yeah. So you kill that, and you're like, oh, okay. But there's like, you would think that that's the boss but it's not and i just thought that was a little bit odd and then there's like a giant floating heart it's so random it's like a floating human heart that's just like bouncing around like sporadically and it just it's like what on earth like why why a heart like couldn't it have been something a little bit more creative it's just like okay yeah i found those two bosses to be uh very easy compared yeah, to some of the earlier ones you know like the Grim Reaper was kind of tough because you know it took me a minute to figure out what I had to do to kill it, but those like it didn't take me anything to figure it out. Like I just I didn't use a sickle, but I used the uh, embalming fluid, and right. I just stood there and just tossed the embalming fluid. And like like Nick was saying, the AI is crap, so it yeah. just kind of went back and forth in a circle, and I just mm-hmm. stood there like they never even hit me either one of them. Yeah. The final boss, though, man, that guy, what a jerk. Like, <laughs> it's basically a big giant, one of those eyeball creatures, but he's, like, sitting on top of what looks like a heart, you know, and he shoots these, like, laser beams down. But as you start to uh, get his his life total down, 
his laser beams pick up like speed and he starts shooting them faster and faster. And if you get caught by one, it will push you into the corner and it will keep you there until you are dead. Like you just, you're stuck. You can't jump out of it. You can't get out of it. So you almost have to be flawless when, when you're fighting that final boss. Yeah, there's, there's, um, he shoots those, like, I don't know what they are, like thorns or something at you. And if you go to the, to the far corner, it's like a weird glitch where if you, if you put on the, I think it's the, what's the name of the spring shoes? I, I can't remember if it's the spring there's shoes. There's the spring shoes and the suction cup shoes. I can't remember which one it is, but I think if you switch to those and then switch out of them, the, the, uh, the thing he shoots at you goes over your head each time. And then you're supposed to like, I don't know, attack him in between, but you got to keep doing it, but you got to attack him in between each of those. And, but that's like, that's like the glitchy way to beat him, you know, but I, I, um, other than that, I, I don't know uh, the proper way, so to speak. So how to do it. I, I just, uh, so there's like that little pit right in front of them. And what I did is I just, I got close to that because he shoots those little laser thorn looking things at an angle so i got right there and basically just tried to time my jumps when he got close and i used the sickle on him mm -hmm. and that that seemed to work pretty well but then uh once i beat him uh you know you see uh what's her name there the samantha pom-pom right right uh, the girl you're trying to rescue there she she's trapped underneath like some layer of something so i killed the boss and i was like oh great you know i'm gonna go free her and i just walked over and stepped on it and died <laughs> yeah so and you, you have to that. yeah you have to hit it with the embalming fluid to let her out and then and then you know drop down in the pit and that's the end of the game did you know that you can actually throw the sandwich too and it works yeah no <laughs> yeah you can throw a sandwich in there and it helps and it, it 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 diffuses that like laser beam or whatever it is yeah i don't know i think like i think i don't know about the other the other uh weapons but i almost want to say that um anything will will do it but i'm not actually 100 sure on that but i watched a, a playthrough of the game a long time ago and i remember um noticing that the guy threw the sandwich in there and i thought that was really funny yeah and he's like, and for the sandwich, and uh. right. Does the sandwich have a particular power towards a certain enemy that's like better than anything else, or is it just kind of like a, I'm just a funny little little weapon, you know? You like, know, is it... the only thing I saw that it was specifically effective on was the other creatures in that kitchen area. There's some. Uh, they look like basketball players. They look like they're wearing basketball jerseys. That's why I keep calling them basketball players. Cause, wow. And you hit them with the sandwich, and it seems to take them out uh, faster than other weapons. That makes no sense at all. Like, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, a sandwich? Like, why is that a weapon? That should just be food. Like, that should that makes more sense for that to be health than an apple. Yeah. I mean, well, and, and of course... Random. If you, you go back to the manual, it it's apparently a, a weapon that was brought in from one of those uh, Ghostbusters guys. Oh, Maybe they just uh, left. Their it lunch was their lunch. Room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, God. I mean. Yeah, this game. Uh, so many. 
just missed opportunities. I, this really could have been something good, but mm -hmm. just just fell short. Yeah. Well, does anyone have any final thoughts that they would like to give on Google School? Um, you know, Don't like we've said it like eight times, but this this <laughs> is a game, the game with a a missed opportunity has a really fun concept. Um, I, you know, I remember the first time I I found out about this game, I was. I was in, um, I was in, I want to say it was in eighth grade and believe it or not, I played this on the Dreamcast and that might sound weird to a lot of people, but back in 2000. That sound weird to me and Nick actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, in 2002, yeah, my brother, my brother actually uh, found, uh, um, th there was for the longest time, there was a, an emulator for the, for the Dreamcast called the Nestor DC. Yep. And mm -hmm. yeah. And so for the long, for a long time, there was it wasn't really perfected yet so the games didn't really some of them didn't run very good but eventually you know they made a really good version of it and we played oh man i played nes on the dreamcast probably more than the normal games i'm not even kidding and f we did that for like an entire an entire winter one time and that's where i found out about this game because what you do is you go down the list and you're like oh i haven't heard of that game i want to try that and that was what, what was so fun about it was was discovering these games and um, I was always convinced as a kid, even though I couldn't get very far in the game, that there was so much more to it that was probably so much better. And that's the most disappointing thing about this whole this whole episode is that we can't talk about it because it doesn't exist. And that sucks. But it would be fun. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But if somebody were to, you know, really wanted to, like, make a, an nes game better it'd be so cool to see somebody else's input and like actually you know add more stuff to the game and, and make the controls better and everything because the concept's there it's just it just is executed very poorly nick you got some final thoughts on google school other than don't play it <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah it's i it's just one of those games that feel like it was stretched out and rushed and was made by like it, we said three people it, it it just wasn't all there it's not my type of game also i really am not one of those i'm not an open world kind of gamer i i really like you know shooting things or uh doing like a story in in a a, a linear way so these these ones really frustrate me because it, i just feel like i'm doing nothing for a long period of time so, um, and, and, and like making zero progress other than dying a lot. Um, yeah, it's, there's better games. There's, there's better types of these games. Go play Metroid or go play Castlevania. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully, I mean, if someone picks up the IP in the future, maybe they can make a better version of it as an indie game. Would love to see that actually, like, uh, just a redone version, make it better, you know, fill in all those holes make this game actually really good because it had potential it really does but yeah just not not what we're looking for in a game for most people so for, for me i actually had this game as a kid uh without the manual see my uh my dad he was a uh, truck driver so uh every now and then when he came home off the road he would just bring me you know a random mini s game that he picked up at you know uh 
pawn shop or whatever, you know, uh, they were always used games. Uh, so maybe he sold at a rental store. I don't know where he got them from, but whenever he came home, he usually had an NES game for me. And he brought mm. home this one for me. And as a kid, I played it and played it and played it, but I could just never get anywhere. Mm. Uh, but, you know, I was so I was determined to, to finish it this time around. And uh, I did, but uh, I'll probably never do it again. But uh, at what <laughs> cost? Yeah, it was it was time consuming. It was frustrating at times. Uh, I I will admit, uh, <laughs> I threw my controller. <laughs> it's one of those games they don't make you toss your controller, man. So have a little patience or something, because ah, frustrating. But just one of those games, man. Missed opportunities could have been something really special, but unfortunately, fell short. So I can't. I don't really recommend it, but uh, I'm glad that I finally beat it, and I'll never have to look at it again. So, yeah. Well, I'll say this though: uh, I did love the cover art. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. they. You know, like I said, that manual and uh, the cover art it it's really good. Like I'm more impressed with the manual than I am, I am the, the game itself. Like that manual is really cool, and I love the the backstory and everything. So. It's just once you pop in the game, it's like, what the hell is this? Like, this is nothing like what the manual just said. And you know what else about the manual is is they did a good job of giving you enough information to progress without, like, spoiling it or, you know, kind of just, like, being straight up, like, no, just do this. You know, like, they give you hints, and it's just enough to let you progress the game without ruining it for you. Yeah. Did did we want to talk about the ending or do we do we not want to do spoilers? Oh, we can talk about the ending. Y'all want to talk <laughs> about the ending? Sure. I mean, because I sure. don't think our listeners are going to be going and, and playing no, this let's one, say, to be let's honest. Save time. Let's save them. Let's save them. <laughs> spoilers if you haven't beat it in the last 30 years. No. Yeah. Well, Retro Pool Guy, Retro Pool Guy did, did he uh, did one for the team. So he, you know, <laughs> that's for he sure. It so you don't have to. So. All right. So at the end of this game, you free uh, Samantha Pom Pom, and uh, you're standing outside the the school. And maybe I'll I did record this. I'm on, so maybe I'll post it to Twitter for you guys. Uh, but you're standing outside the school. The the lightning starts crashing from that storm that they talked about in the manual, and uh, it's actually a pretty cool scene. That's probably where they put the most work in this game with the end. Yes. Right, it's true. <laughs> so you, yeah. You see all the ghosts start flying out of the school and stuff, and then, and then old Spike, man, he goes to make that move, and he he steps closer to Samantha and reaches for her hand, and she just looks at him and takes a step away to the right and totally rejects him. She's <laughs> like, just like, ew, like, yeah, like, I, I I like that. I do like that because how cliche would it have been if that girl would have just like fallen in love with him? It's just like, oh yeah, how many times have we seen that before? Um, yeah, just because you save a chick, you know, I'm sure she appreciates it, but that doesn't mean she's going to be in love with you and going to be all romantic with you. So I actually thought yeah. that was kind of a funny ending, you know? Yeah, and I really like how like if you just let it play, he just like stands there and like every now and then he like turns his he head just looks and looks back at her. her. Yeah, I know. And he's oh. just like, man, yeah. I just can't believe 
you know? She's like thinking <laughs> that she's going to change her mind. She's like, oh, I'll just look at her again. Oh, no. She yeah. doesn't like still. <laughs> she's still standing there, too. It would have been funny if she just walked away. But eh. Right. Or if, like, a football player came out of the school and she just left with him. That would have been Oh, awesome. that would have been a good idea. That would have been a good idea. Because... Uh, it would have made sense, you know, but again, you know, they didn't, they didn't think, th- think things, think things through, unfortunately, but. Uh, yes. Yeah, so kudos to them for a good ending, but also about the ending. It's one of those games where uh, you can't like press start and start the game over. Like once you get to that, that s- screen, that's it. Like you have to turn it off or reset it. You're, you're done. Like you oh, really? can't, just, yeah, you can't just restart the game. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know why that kind of irks me about games. You know, because I guess I'm always hopeful for like a second quest. You know, or something like that. Right. But, but no, nah, it's just no. Nope, you're done. Turn it off. That's it. It's so. funny. I guess they figure. I don't know. I guess they figure when they do that that you're not gonna. I mean, it's it's like the game's over. There's no reason that the person would go back to the main menu anyway, so they just leave it, like, you know, in in such a way where you can't escape it. That's interesting, you know? There's a few games that I've seen that have done that. The game just kind of freezes, you know, at the end. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on Google School before Mm -hmm. I uh, make some announcements for next month? Um, you know, I remember, uh, there's a couple times where in my head, like during this episode, I actually thought about saying ghoul patrol, which <laughs> is the sequel to zombies ate my neighbors. And I don't know why I always like, for some reason, I always like think of that name and I was like, kind of confused myself, but I didn't do it here, which I'm happy for, but that's another <laughs> kind of lackluster game, but it, it wasn't terrible, but it, it felt like it should have been better than it was, but uh, another kind of Halloween theme game as well, but other than that, not not really, man. I think we covered pretty much everything that there is to say. I think we got it, Nick. Any final words for Ghoul School? Never again. Never <laughs> again. Yeah, <laughs> I can't blame you, dude. <laughs> this game was such a pain in the ass. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about next month. So earlier here in the episode, I promised that we were going to take a different direction with these games. Uh, yeah, we did Jurassic Park, where where the F do I go? Ghoul School, where the F do I go? So I want to do something a little more straightforward and fun. Have you guys ever heard of Skull Monkeys for the PlayStation 1? Yeah, I have it. <laughs> it's a great game. You have it, it yeah. It, it, reminds me of, um, it reminds me of Donkey Kong Country, kind of, as far as like the controls and everything. But yeah, it's yeah the sequel to Neverhood. Um, and they went a different direction with it instead of a, like a kind of a, a puzzle game, sort of. It's not really a puzzle game, but um, no, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yes, yeah, so that is the game we're going to be covering next month. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that because it's, it's more straight on uh, platformer type game. So, Nick, I think you'll be much more pleased if you haven't <laughs> played that game before. Uh, you're going to like this a lot better. I promise yeah, I, you that. I, I, I remember seeing it in the stores. I have actually never played it, though. It's a good one. I was super impressed. So, But we'll have to save that for next month. Also, I have to make another announcement here. Uh, if any of you are familiar with my Twitter account, which I hope you all are, at RetroCoolGuy on Twitter, 
you might have noticed I've been tweeting out some cryptic tweets just saying that they're coming. Anybody mm-hmm. catch that by chance? Yeah. Well, who I'm talking about is the Nemots. The Nemots are coming. I have been uh, chosen to be one of their alpha testers for this new game coming out called the Nemots. And I don't normally give away who our guest is going to be, but this time I am. Uh, We're going to have Derek Laporte on next month as our special guest. And he is the game developer for this game. So uh, over the next month, I'm going to be doing some stuff with them, uh, making some videos, helping them kind of promote their game. Uh, Hopefully you guys will check that stuff out. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it because I've never been an alpha tester before. This is this is new to me. (laughs) So, Nick, you I know you have experience with alpha testing. Uh, So maybe you can fill me in when we're off air and (laughs) tell me how that's going to go. It's going to be playing a lot of hours uh, in an unfinished game and reporting bugs uh, and, you know, by the time the game comes out, you never want to see it again. Uh, but other than that, that's uh, usually uh, how how my my testing career went uh, for uh, Metal Drift and um, uh, Space. Was it Space Engineers? Uh, yeah, Space Engineers and uh, God. Uh, Didn't you have and, something to do with Minecraft? No, 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 no. Uh, I I mean I played Minecraft in the alpha. Something back then. No, no, no. That was it was so long ago. Well, Space Engineers is basically a mining game as well, but in space, and you could build a lot of things. But yeah, I I worked with uh, Keen Software House and Black Jacket Studios. Nice. Well, so uh, Evan, why don't you go ahead and tell everyone where they can catch you out in the world on Twitter? Yeah, on uh, on Twitter, I'm Evan Nixon Type Four, where I I post just a lot of like video game tidbits and ranging between you know what I'm eating for that evening or you know just some of my streams. And on uh, Instagram, I'm uh, Brave or Grave, and on there I just post all of my my graphic artwork. So feel free to spy on me if you want to. <laughs> I already do. Uh, all right, well, folks, I think that's gonna be it for today. Uh, I hope you all have a very happy and safe Halloween. Uh, I know I'm about to go do some trick-or-treating with the kids. Uh, we're having a party, dressed up. It's going to be a good time. Uh, so, yeah, we will see you next month. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Uh, and always, please remember, the light at the end of the tunnel maybe you. Goodbye.